Blog Talk Radio. Powers to oppress people, African power to an African people. Uh oh, I got too many of us working the boards. Let me fix that. Okay, yeah, I got the boards. Uh, all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power with your brother and host national chairman, Yangi Nkrumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination, coming to you again on another Tuesday. And I appreciate, like always, I appreciate. Um, the people taking out from their busy day, excuse me, taking out from their busy day to spend time with us, to sh- share their Tuesdays with us, to get enlightened and informed, um, and just to, you know, go back and forth with some things, see if we can come up with some solution. You know my philosophy. You know my philosophy. Communalism, African communalism. Communalism means together, togetherness, and together there isn't anything we can't accomplish. Individualism only ensures certain destruction for us as a people. Um, so communalism is a way. Again, this is People's Black Panther Party Radio, uh, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your host, National Chairman Yangi and Krumah, coming to you. The People's Party, the People's Radio, your, your radio, an opportunity for you to express yourself and have yourself heard. Man, we're talking about today. Our topic is um, going to be about, you know, one of the things I want to rap about was, is the black African born in America American? Is the black man or black woman, the black African here born in America, American? And why this came up is all of a sudden we have uh, these movements popping up. One movement in particular that I'm always thinking about is the new indigenous movement. I don't know how new it is. You know, I think it's the same old thing, just a new title or brothers and sisters uh, presenting old information in a new method. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've heard it before. To me, you know, they're calling themselves indigenous, the indigenous movement. 
the uh, sovereignty movement, all these different things. To me, when I was coming up, they was just called Moors. You know, I hear all the fancy stuff. We just called them Moors. All of it was Moorish uh, science. Um, when you were talking about sovereignty and the laws and being indigenous to a landmass, or um, I think what they would call Wichita, Wichita, something to the fact I'm not real familiar with the so-called inner workings of how that thing works, the philosophy and ideology of it. I know a little bit of uh, the basics. But, you know, we got boys on the line, and I'm sure we do. They call in and tell us about that. You know, also what made me, you know, think about it was I was hearing people say as African, black people here in America, Africans in America, I'm not American or I am American. You know, I've heard people say I'm not American. You know, and then it made me to think, okay, what are you? And we'll say, and I will even say, well, I'm African. Then it leads to the confusion, are you an African from the continent or an African from America? And if you're an African from America, wouldn't that technically make you an American? You know, if you're, if, 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 if you're an African from the, the continent, okay, you're an African. And then if you're an African from America, I would say you're still an African. I consider myself an African. You know, but when they say, okay, you know, like uh, Chairman Carter says, and a lot of people say, well, you know, Africa is a continent. Africa is not a country. Africa is a continent. So when you say African, even I was talking to a friend of mine who had went over to Africa, and she said even the Africans don't like to just be called blatantly a blanket, blanket generalized as African. He said they want to be, you know, when you're talking to them, they want to be called what particular country they're from. You know, yeah, they're Africans. But they are Nigerian, Senegalese, Somalian, Guyana, whatever. They want to be identified with that particular country that they're from in Africa. So when we say African, what type of African? It's so general. It's so general. And then when you say, you know, but when you say American, well, you know, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, like a lot of them have a problem with that African-American. When you say American, you know, especially in the black mind, it seems we take it as we're condoning the atrocities or we're condoning the foreign policies or not even just foreign policies, the practices of racism, discrimination, sexism, and all the other isms that are cancers and poisonous to humanity in general and specifically to people of African descent here in America. It, it, it almost feels like we're condoning that or we're saying that we're a part of that. So, you know, how do you get around that? What does that mean? What is the black man? I mean, I'm asking the age-old question that we've been asking ourselves since we've been forcibly brought here for those of us that believe in the Ma'afa, I believe that we came in the Ma'afa. And even for those of you who believe that you're indigenous to this land and that there was no Ma'afa, there was no transatlantic slave trade, even if you believe that you originated right here, what are you calling yourselves outside of more? And even if you're calling yourself more, where's the justification for calling yourself a more? Because then that would even mean if you're saying you, you were Moorish, then that would mean, even mean your ancestry wasn't indigenous to this land, but was somehow we as a people of African descent or African people were, um, you know, originally Moroccans. That were brought over here. And then you'll say, well, this is Morocco. This is West Africa. No, what do they call it? Yeah, West Africa. Extension. I mean, I've heard some of the things. But let's look at, let's look at 
Why would some of the reasons? So I began to think about it. I said, damn, what do I call myself? You know, am I American? Am I not American? I know that I'm African. That's, you know, that goes without saying. But am I American? And I began to think about it, and here it is. Everybody sit down. Buckle up. Yanga is saying this. Yanga is saying that he's American. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yanga is saying that he's American. Based on the research that I began to do, America is broken into three parts. This is why I say that I'm American. America is broken into three parts. We're talking about the first part of America is America the landmass, which is what, 9.52, 9.54 million miles. You know, uh, uh, population of I think is like 600 million or something like that in America. But when we're talking about a landmass, that landmass being North America and that being the place of my birth, then when we're talking about tangible land masses, yeah, then I was born in America and I was raised in America. Let's talk about the second part of America, what America is. America, when we're talking about the government of America. America being a government, the United States of America, America as a uh, as a government. I'm subject to the laws. I'm subjected to the laws and the penalties if I break the laws. I buy clothing and foodstuffs and have a home here, which uh, I pay. You know, we pay taxes on. We pay taxes on our foodstuffs and our clothing and uh. uh you know, land taxes and mortgages and things of that nature, rent. So, therefore, I'm contributing to the upkeep, the maintenance, and the structure of an American government. So, I guess, yeah, that would make me technically looked at internationally. If I went somewhere internationally, my passport would say American. My taxes and all my money go to America. Lastly, when we talk about the third part of America, when we're talking about being American, we're talking about social, cultural influences and expressions. Social, cultural influences and expressions. Now, here's the tricky thing. This is why this is so tricky. Because America is the baby on the block. It's the newbie. It's the new kid. America is fresh out the gates. America is what, 600 years old if so the culture of America is not, you won't find it like you will find other nations. China, that has a very rich and ancient culture. Uh, Japan and uh, the Arabs and um, even, even our brothers and sisters on the continent, even the continental Africans have a long culture that goes back, that dates back, that has set the way that they perceive, the way they set the the way that they perceive things, the way that they communicate, their diet habits, the way that they socialize with one another. Their culture has been so it goes so far back and it is um it is ingrained in them. So much so that even when you remove them from their locale or remove them from their village, their town or whatever, and put them anywhere, you will find them practicing that culture. So America's new. So America has a relatively, if any, if you want to say any culture, 
that's legitimized, you would have to say at the very least that it is a new culture. But in this new culture of America, what we find, though, is that we were influential. You see, one of the things about us not saying that we're American, and I can, and this is why I said I had to come to the conclusion that, damn, unfortunately, the sad truth is that I'm American, is because to not, uh, to give the white man everything of America, to not, to deny America is to deny the influence and the contributions of the so-called American culture that my predecessors and ancestors have made. I'm talking about from the inventions to jazz. Yeah, jazz. The blues. Things, the contributions that African people have contributed to the American culture because the American culture is a culture that is made up of the hardships, the uh, the uh, the hardships and the shit. What's the word I'm looking for? Savagery and barbarity of what happened to its what happened to a people, the African people that were enslaved and forced to become slaves in this country. That what happened to them and what they produced out of that struggle became a part of the American fabric. There's no way around it. It became a part of the American fabric. And you still find us to this day influencing greatly the American culture. Why, I was one time looking in the dictionary and the word bling was in the dictionary. Bling. You know how we used to say bling, bling? That was in the dictionary. Whoop, there it is. In the dictionary. As slang's in the, slang has become, they even have where, where it has become acceptable, where they're acceptable, where they have made books and stuff and they teach classes in college on it, on these type of things. Hip hop, one of ours. Yeah, I hear chaos one. Oh, hip hop's multicultural, international, later fall that. We invented hip hop. Black people, black folk, we did that. And like we do everything else, either we sold it or they stole it one or the other, and ingrained it and incorporated in the overall culture or fabric of, of so-called America. So we contributed greatly, and I begin to think to not accept that is to do a disservice to the predecessors and the ancestors who were here, who fought for, struggled for survival, and to ensure some type of continuation for our ethnicity, for our race. However they did that, hook or crook. See, here's what we, here's what we have to, what, what, we become a very emotional people. And emotions are good. Emotions sometimes can, is what drives us and forces us. But when you're led by the emotion, when the emotion is so overwhelming that you lose your rationale, that you no longer um, use common sense, then that's when it be, emotion becomes very dangerous. And this is what happens to us. We become so emotional. It has been such a trauma that was visited upon us as a people that we want to distance ourselves so badly that we will deny the contributions to America. We would deny the contributions to the American culture. We would deny our contributions to the American culture because we don't like how they got here. Well, they're here. They're here. Whether you agreed with them or not, whether you agreed with America or not, we had black soldiers 
That fault. See, this is what gets me. We'll say, all right, we don't agree with America, this and that, but then we'll put up uh, pictures of the Buffalo soldiers. Buffalo soldiers, you do know the Buffalo soldiers kill Native Americans, right? You guys do know that. All you Buffalo soldiers and Native American-loving people, you know those Negroes killed. How do you think they got the name Buffalo soldiers? You know crackers called the Buffalo soldiers? It was the Native Americans who saw them and called them Buffalo soldiers, and they slaughtered Native Americans. Slaughtered Native Americans for the white man. And we commemorate and celebrate the Buffalo Soldiers. You do know that the, uh, we talk about the, uh, what were they called? The Red Tails, the Tuskegee Airmen, the Black Panther Tank Battalion. What was it? The 50, 51st, the Fighting 51st of Massachusetts during the Civil War. You have had people held. In fact, I'm taught in their history book that the first person killed. For their liberation, their revolution, their independence was a brother by the name of Crispus Atticus. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. And if I start slaughtering history, some of the listeners out there, please tap one and tap in. So we've been dying and shedding blood and contributing to the maintenance, the upkeep, the perseverance, the protection of this country since its inception. Do you hear me? Since its inception, we were one of, they say, according to their history books now, that we were, our blood was spilled first for their liberation, for their liberation. Hell, they commemorate George Washington, the first president. They commemorate Abraham Lincoln. He freed you Negroes. And hardly ever, very rarely, and if they do mention, it's in two or three paragraphs, the brother who this nation, this, their very freedom, the very idea and concept of a 4th of July should be uh, acknowledged, commemorated. He should have his own money, a statue, a monument. Why this nation wouldn't exist had it not been for his boldness. Even though I may not have agreed what he was fighting for, it's still, it's not a matter. I don't necessarily always agree with the ideology of African people, but that fever, that zest, that yearning, that ferocity for righteousness, that hatred and a sense of injustice and oppression forces the African to stand out and to stand up and to say something about it. Our problem is we don't always necessarily address the right issue. So why are we asking, are we American? Here's the reason that we're asking American. Number five, point number seven in the... Uh, yeah, point number seven and ten-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party is we want a history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society and the role of the black man and the black woman in this society. Why is that important? Because if you don't know how you're looked at nationally and internationally, if you don't know your role or how you're perceived or what role they want you to be in, how are you going to combat it? How are you going to combat it? You will always sell out for the dream of uh, in, in, in inclusion, for the dream of integration, hoping that your assimilation will allow you to enjoy the same privileges, to have the same entitlement as so-called white Americans. And we find that, we know that not to be true. I look at Bill Cosby. I know all y'all, damn, he shouldn't have said that. Listen, I was, at first I was empathetic. I was very empathetic to be, I was like, damn, to do the black man like that, 
look at this white boy, and look at it. They don't do the white boy, but then I change my. That is the penalty of a collaborator. You see, that's the penalty of a collaborator. When you begin to believe that you have made it to a degree that you're accepted to the point you can drug and sleep with white women. Why Emmett Till was killed for what they say whistling or saying what's up baby to a white woman and you have the audacity to be trying to stick your little nasty black thing in a white woman you done drugged raping white women like this devil was going to allow you to get away with that he just held that card until the time was right 87 and now you have to do three years in penitentiary when you find these same white people have committed the same crimes if not worse and only get a slap on the wrist why i was sad at first mr cosby i really did i felt bad for you at first mr cosby but such is the fate of a collaborator such is the fate of the collaborator this is why it's important to know what we identify ourselves as because when you don't know what you identify yourself as or if you're misinformed as to the place you live in and the people that inhabit the place and run the government of the place you live in, then you will always be disillusioned. You will always be fooled and lured to sleep into believing in this so-called multiculturalism or equality for all. And it doesn't work like that. Why? Because America and the three concepts of America and the concept of America being a landmass and the concept of America being uh, a government that is run, and the concept of America being social, cultural influences and expressions that people um, display daily, it all adds up to one thing, and that's America being an idea. That's America being an idea. What do you mean America being an idea? What does that mean? America being an ideal of a place where people could uh, reach their full potential and get wealthy or no, no hard. It was the, the place that dreams came true. Now we have to ask ourselves, who was dreaming the dream, though? And in order for something to be an ideal, with this idea, um, when you're talking about idealism, see, this is the food for capitalism. We talk about idealism. When you're talking about idealism, you can only be talking about the ideas of the superior, not even the superior, it's a bad word, bad word, not superior, but of the conquering people, their idea of a utopic state, their idea of the perfect homeland. It will only be met, they will only begin to manifest that which benefits them, which creates a hell for those people that are not of the conquering class. Let me say that again. In order for an utopic state to exist, in order for this uh, ideal America to exist in certain people's mind, like Mr. Trump, who said, let's make America great again, then it must become a hell. In order for that to be a heaven for a particular group of people, it must become a hell for another group. We're talking about idealism. And in the fact of idealism, we look at when we look at idealism, idealism is – Idealism treats the mind uh, and the spirit. Idealism treats the mind and the spirit independent of matter. And it treats matter dependent on mind and spirit. What does that mean, Brother Yanger? Let me break it down. Because now we're going into, here's a little bit of lessons. Here's a little bit of lessons. We're going into material dialectic. I'm trying to see what I don't want to do. I, you know, I'm not impressed 
by lately I've been, you know, watching Facebook and I've been seeing people and I don't know, maybe they've just dust off their communist manifesto or dust off a couple, you know, some with you in it. And I hear material historical dialectic and use these words and have no idea what they mean. And if they do, if any, how to apply them to every everyday circumstances and situations. So let's say, but here it is. Here's material dialectism. Material dialectism says that all things are dependent upon the material. The social, cultural influences, how people think, are based on their material surrounding. You begin to develop philosophies and concepts based on the materials and your relation to those materials at your disposal. This is why the European man is a warmonger. In Europe, they didn't have a lot of resources. So they had to fight one another for the little resources they had. The material dialectism went to developing and cultivating their very nature, their culture. That to be warmongers. That to be usurpers and people who take and extract and, you know, just rape and rob not only human beings but the land because of where they were. They didn't have a lot of resources, so everything was fought for in Europe. Whereas the African man and woman in Africa where you can find every mineral in abundance, since they didn't have to be reduced to savages, they could pursue higher knowledge. They weren't elevated people. Since they weren't fighting for their very survival, since they weren't fighting to try to cultivate the earth to yield some type of um, tangible good so that they could survive, they could take their time in other pursuits, and those pursuits were higher learning, education. And since everybody had plenty, and we practiced, since everybody had plenty, we could begin to practice a communalism. We knew there was plenty to go around, and someone lived closer to the tomatoes, and someone lived closer to the potatoes, and we could begin to exchange. We practiced communalism. There's no need to start killing one another for this stuff right here, this stuff that belongs to the earth that the creator has blessed us with in abundance and belongs to everyone. We can find a system, find a way to share, create a system that ensures everyone can, you know, have the fruits of their labor and share communalism. You know, communalism, when later on this white boy came back, called Marx, though, and started calling communism. But it was African communalism. So we practice in African communalism. And in this practicing of African communalism, the feeling of brotherhood began to grow. We developed a concept of brotherhood. We developed a concept of each one teach one, enlightening our dear brothers and sisters. So we began to enlighten this savage, not understanding his very nature in the beginning. And it came to kick us in the behind, you see. So he, from the very beginning, began to practice an idealism. He had to justify the reason he could come and take your material. So idealism states again, like I said, that matter, materials, are dependent on mind and spirit. What does that mean? He can say that my mind is superior, my religion is superior, my spirit is superior, everything is superior. So these materials, this matter belongs to me. Matter is dependent upon mind and spirit. Whoever has the righteous spirit, whoever has the strongest mind, whoever is supreme, should control and disseminate, uh, distribute the uh, material possessions, the materials of the earth. This is idealism, and this is dangerous. And this is what America is to most people, an idea, the idea of America. And they fight 
to maintain and control the idea of America? What are the principles of an idea state? The principles of an idea state are classism, sexism, racism, colonialism, and, and uh, um, supremacy. That's what it is. Let me know. The principles of an of a ideal state, land, kingdom, empire, whatever you call it, is classism, sexism, racism, colonization, colonialism, and supremacy. And we find all of these things right here in America. And the problem with us, and here's, so they say, okay, so brother, if we find those, why are you calling yourselves American? Because this is where I'm at. And to know these things help me to combat it because you have Negroes that don't acknowledge that they're American. They'll say, I'm not American. And they want to start their own nation and practice these same principles and be a neo-colonialist niggas. I ain't American. Practice the same principles. I say, you're more American than that cracker, than that devil, than that white man. You're more American than that. But by the fact you not knowing what America is and your place in relation to this nation, point number seven, ten-point platform program of the new black, oh, damn, new black, shout out to Hashim and Crystal Muhammad. I didn't give y'all a plug to the new black, but to, of, of the Black Panther Party for self-determination and, and uh, uh, self-defense of the third development is we want a history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society and the man and woman's role in that society so we can begin to combat that and to fight it. You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah. Uh, on People's Blog Talk Radio, this is my radio, your radio. It's all of our radio, an opportunity for us to talk and express ourselves. What do you think? Are you American? If you're not American, what are you? Help me Help me to understand. Please, Some. let's, let's begin to put, let's have this dialogue. Let's have this dialogue. And I want to have a dialogue, a real sincere dialogue founded in something. You know, and we may not we may not necessarily disagree, and it's okay. I think that we have to learn that it's okay for us to be disagreeable. As long as our disagreements are geared towards trying to find a solution to fix the problem of African people here in America. But this is why I say that I'm American, because my tackling the American issue is coming from the masses' perspective. I want to inform the masses of what America is and what America means to them. Them being black in this so-called America and how that works for them, why they're looked at like that. Now, we have other groups that are trying to change the condition of, of African people in America, like the so-called, I think, the uh, sovereign movement, the indigenous movement. And I you know, was talking to one brother briefly, and I don't know if he was the best representative of that movement, but one of the things he was saying, well, you know, yeah, because when you say that you're African or you say that you're black, and um, um, then you're de- you're denied something about a treaty. They went into a treaty, and you're denied that treaty to ask, like, Negro, what? How many times have these people broken treaties? You sitting here telling me about some treaty, some dead white boy signed hundreds of years ago by some dead nigga. A treat, really? Really, brother, really? And if they break the treaty, where is your army to enforce 
or to bring about penalization for the breaking of a treaty. They could care less on a treaty with your broke, raggedy, dusty, black ass talking about signing a treaty. Excuse me if I have children on the line. Because this is something very touchy to me. Because not only, in my opinion, of course, is what you're talking about as a solution laughable at the least. Laughable at the least. It is, it, 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 uh, I mean, I don't see how that's going to help us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And believe me, I have contemplated it. I have contemplated it. I think that is more, when I ask myself, I think that is more of the same. I think it's what I call escapism. And for us not to say, you know, it's easy not to say, you know, I'm not American, because that's escapism. It's not like I'm proud to be American. Don't 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 give me. I'm not out beating my chest. I don't agree with America's foreign policies. I don't agree with the current president of America. I don't agree in the economic philosophy of America, which is capitalism. I don't agree what's taking place in America, which is a slowly turning into a fascist state with police powers uh, and abuse of police powers and them becoming untouchable. So much so, though, that they, I believe someone was showing me, I think it was my minister of justice, somebody was showing me something, or was telling me, not showing me, telling me something, to now where they even slammed an old white woman out. Now, you know that's bad when police are slamming old white women. I thought that was supposed to be hands off. That shows you fascism in the highest degree. We're, we're turning into a police state that now even old white women are not safe. So it's not the proudest thing in the world to be professing or proclaiming, but it is what it is. And once we understand the reality of it, we can begin to shape and change that dynamic. You see, regardless of what you call yourself, you are what you are. Regardless of what you call yourself, you are what you are. And African people here in America have been trying to escape since slavery. We've had people trying to pass for white. Then the next phase was Negroes got Indian in their blood. You know what I'm saying? Then when that faded out, we don't want to be American, and we don't want to be associated with being the American Negro. We don't want to be associated with being, you know, that that history of America that is tumultuous for America and is not just um, – Traumatic for us, but at times can be embarrassing when you put us on the scale of uh, on an international scale with other people. You know, other people like to throw that in our face, especially people of African descent, black people who my people was never a slave. Your people were slave, and we go to falling bad and shit like that's something to be ashamed of. Like that's something to be ashamed. Of. Like we did it. Like we volunteered and stuff. Like we Kanyeed, Kanye Wested. We volunteered and stepped on a boat. Take me, I'll be a slave. No, it's something to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I tell them all the time. I say, yeah, they enslaved me, but shit, they came to Africa and took your whole damn homeland. No way in the hell you come in my house and take over. You might snatch me out of my house with four or five bad dudes, but you think a handful of y'all finna come in my house where there's hundreds of us and run something? So we can go back and forth all day. But the importance of knowing that we're American is to begin to be able to change some things, begin to be able to accept our plight realistically. To stop trying to escape. Like I said, we went from some trying to pass as white. Then we went to we got native in our blood, which some of us do. But we went to leaning more on the mixture than the Africanness in us. Then we went something to totally, uh, man, we tried to escape from the Negro experience, that slave experience so bad, we just started going to ancient Africa. I'm comedic. 
I'm a Hebrew Israelite. My history is in the Bible. I don't know nothing about this African stuff. I'm more. I ain't even black. Don't even call me black. I'm more. We begin to hate what happened to us. Now we're at the point we hate it so much, we have people actually denying the slave trade ever existed. We have people actually denying that the slave trade ever existed. This is how far we go to escape not just the trauma, which that would be understandable. Trauma makes people do weird things. But in my opinion, that we try to escape from having to do the work. See, we, we, that, that stops us from having to do the work. When we become other things, we can rely on other people's interpretations. When I become the black Muslim, when I'm not an American, I'm not a Negro in America, I'm not a black in America, I'm not an African here in America, because I call myself an African here in America, an African from America. I don't say African-American like I accept what happened to you, but I am an African from America. See, but when we go to claiming other things and saying that I'm the black Muslim, I'm not that, then we can use pre-written scriptures. You're the black Hebrew. You can use the right uh, pre-written scriptures. You more. He's using the Holy Koran, a pre-written scripture with just a twist to it, like what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did. And I'm not knocking these movements. I'm not knocking the Prophet Noble Ali. I'm not knocking the message of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm not knocking the movements. What I am saying, though, let's be realistic. I appreciate them for, for them at their time. But now we're living in the information age. We're living in the information age. And so I find our people, you know, running to these things because, like I said, there's pre-written scriptures already, so that saves you the burden of having to write your own scriptures, text, psychology books, education, diet books. So you don't want to do the work to develop this thing called the African here in America, what they some call nigger, negro, black, whatever. Us, the new African. Nobody wants to put in the work to develop and cultivate this new African, to make this new African stand up and shine and to be accepted internationally. Our movement was, when our revolution was proclaimed and professed and moving in that direction, which I love and in the likes of the, the black groups that came before us, and this is not knocking, listen, press one if you don't like what I'm saying and you can get on here. You can get on in, we can, and, and we can, you know, discuss it. But when the black revolution began to take place, began to take hold in America for the African, for the black African here in America, and began to establish us as an independent people, as a people with a voice, as a people saying that brutality, oppression, and exploitation against us must and will end by our own fruition by our own energy, by our own efforts. And we saw it in the likes of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense under the leadership of Chairman Bobby Seals and Defense Minister Huey P. Newton. And like anything, when that identity question is not clearly defined in the black struggle, this is my opinion, it was co-opted. There you found communists began the ideology, uh, uh, you found the communists coming in and very, you know, communist influences begin to come in. I'm not saying using, listen, revolution is revolution. 
Revolution is revolution. I study revolution. I study the Bolshevik Revolution, Chinese Revolution, Communist Revolution of China and the, uh, and the Bolsheviks and, and Cuba, you know, all of those being communist revolutions, a couple revolutions in Nepal and things like that, South America, which are communist revolutions. I study because revolution is revolution. But what I don't do, see, what I do learn from those people who came before me, namely like Mao Zedong, who fought the Chinese Revolution, who, you know, revolutionized China. But before fighting, you know, when he was a communist fighting communist, he fought Chinese nationalists. Do you do your study? He fought the Chinese nationalists. And when they came together to fight Japan and ran Japan out, you know, the nationalist was exhausted. He beat the nationalist and implemented communism. And what happened? He almost destroyed his country. He almost destroyed his country. Why? Because he began to implement. See, the Chinese nationalists were holding to Chinese ways, Chinese morals, Chinese ethics, things that tied them to their Chinese heritage. Well, Mao Zedong, being a communist and a devout communist, found out quickly. That nationalism, ethnicity plays a role. When he went to China, they said they handled him like a nigger. They said they handled him like a nigger. This little Chinese man. When he took over China and implemented communism, he almost destroyed China in his great push in the industrialization uh, race to catch up with the other nations. His closing schools and temples and taking farmers out of the field, destroying the heritage and culture of China, almost destroyed China completely. And he had to come back and embrace some of the principles of the Chinese nationalists that he was fighting and even kill some of his own Communist Party members. These are the aspects of revolution that we must learn that it is imperative. There is no revolution if the person loses themselves. You can't ever have a revolution for liberation and freedom only to be going to uh, serve the two another uh, ethnicity or another eth uh, what is it? identity serve the two. Why do you want to have a black revolution and put us under the Sharia? A lot of you want to have a black revolution and make everybody have to listen to the Torah, the Injil. We from the tribe of Judah and Levi and all of this stuff. A lot of you want to have the black revolution. And then we got to be from Kemet and we got to hotep every time we see you. Where is the freedom in that? Scared to acknowledge who you are as an African person here in America, your history. And I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, here's the sad truth. You're American. You're American. I hear what you're calling yourself. Hell, I can call myself a Martian. It doesn't make it a fact. I can tell you I'm from the moon. It doesn't make it a fact. So until we begin to embrace the truth of the matter, look at the reality of the situation, we will never come up with real solutions. See, when you're fanciful, when you live in a fantasy world, when you create this utopic place, that is not substantiated in any type of reality, then your solutions can be substantiated in any reality too. Then you begin to believe that if you give up eating all meat, you'll be free. Well, see, we just gave up meat. You see what I'm saying? When you live in a fantasy world, you believe if you change your name from John to Mbutata, you'll be free. Because you're not based and steeped in a reality. You don't understand the role that you're playing. Point number seven. Yes, I'm going to keep saying it all night. 
I think every radio program, I'm going to go down a point of the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party self-determination. Why? Because this is our political manifesto. We want to be separate from just a, and I love every formation out there. Everything is needed they're doing. But where is our political end game? What are we trying to accomplish? The social band-aids are great because in the middle of the war, we need to feed the homeless. We need the shelter. We know that we won't shelter decent fit. Um, Decent shelter fit for a human being. We need schooling. We need to be educated, all of these things. But we need a goal. Or we'll just be hamsters on a wheel, spinning, running in circles, achieving nothing, accomplishing nothing. Because we don't have a sense of direction, and you don't have a sense of direction when you don't know who you are. See, when you don't know who you are, you don't know where home is. So anybody can call you, and you'll be... Moving in circles. Oh, you don't believe me? Here, let's try it out, and I'm going to go to my phone lines. I see you, callers. Let's try it out. You know how you'll be running in circles because you don't know how you, who you are and your role here. How many of you, being realistic, you don't have to push one to answer this, how many of you have went through two or three religions in your lifetime? I know some of you Negroes. Nigga, I just seen you at the masjid. Then turned up, and you was at the temple. And turned around, you was with the hoteps. And now you're over here. And you're over there and you, because you're running from who the hell you are and what the hell you have to do. Stop running, brother and sister. Stop the running. Let's go to our phone lines, man, because you know how I get. Area code 512-0915. Your mic is open. Uh, honor to the Honorable Mr. Tim, Brother Young. What's going Mr. on, brother? Defense Austin. Oh, what's going on, Brother Minister? Minister Defense Austin, mm, my brother, your office. What's the, what's the business, man? Man, I, I totally agree with everything you're just speaking on. We actually running from the truth, trying to separate mm-hmm. ourselves when there's still work that's here that needs to be done to liberate yes, our people off this oppression. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And see, and, and 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 one of the things, brother, uh, Defense Minister Jarvis, man, is like I don't want people to get me wrong. Don't think that I'm because I'm a spiritual brother. I call myself yes, an African Islamic spiritualist. People say, how do you be an African Islamic spiritualist? Islam is Arab, da-da-da. We go through, that's another show. I'll discuss that on another show. You know, but mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that you can't have the various religions. What I'm saying is, though, at the core of that, you must know who you are. Or you get lost at one point in time when I practiced Islam, before knowing who I was, as an African here in America, I really bought into the whole Arab nationalism and began to try to change myself into an Arab. And it only caused me stress. It only caused me uh, um, frustration. I couldn't keep a wife. My family didn't really fool with me because I'm coming in. Oh, that's haram. No, I don't eat. I stuck for Allah. Jesus says, ah, ah, ah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going through all these changes. The Negro's like, nigga, you, your name Bug. Oh, what they call you now? Who you, man, nigga, we grew up with you, bro. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because we haven't embraced who we are, our social cultural influences that happen to be American. Our social cultural influences happen to be American. There's no way around it. Everybody, before we got all rights and conscious, somebody pulled through, get a fat hamburger. They do to go to the movies. They do things that were uniquely American. And when I say American culture, this is what I'm talking about. When you can go somewhere and not open your mouth and someone sees how you dress and behave and know where you're from, that's part of your culture. 
I can take you Negroes, and even if you wear all the African garb. My father and I have a friend, Brother Zizwe, one of us, uh, uh, Zizwe, a staunch Pan-Africanist. I mean, the brother is Mr. Africa. And he said he went to Africa, and he didn't go with any American clothes, from my understanding, one of his trips. He said he was, uh, uh, what did they call all of that stuff? He was African sharp. Went over there, and they knew he was American instantly. And he said they yep. knew he was American instantly because he was more damn African than African. <laughs> he an out African African. He got every piece of kente cloth, dashiki, kufi cap, umbuga sandals, you name it. He had all of that. And they, he's more African than they were. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he doesn't know who he is as an African in America. I'm using it as an example of what we do. We're not based. We're not centered. We don't allow other things to complement what we already are. We don't, we don't embrace things to enhance the good things about us as being Africans here in America. We want to escape it all, and it all hasn't been bad. Let me tell you something. I'm not a Christian, but every Sunday dinner at Big Mama's wasn't bad. Every Sunday dinner at Big Mama's wasn't bad, man. And I just got to be real. So I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Too many of us want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to bash this and bash that. Not understanding that a part of the whole American fabric, a part of that American culture, is just some of those things we don't necessarily agree with. Like I said, I'm not a Christian, but I am an Egum person. I am an ancestral person. And I believe in my ancestors. So on my ancestral shrine, there is a crucifix. Yeah, we must Some days when I'm feeling the ancestors, I might even throw a crucifix on my neck because what it means to me doesn't is not what it means to the white church. And I, I want I'm a self determinist, and self determination means the right to define yourself how you will. So I don't allow people to define me. I'm a self determinist. I define my own destiny and my own identity based on Absolutely. the cultural influence, social cultural influence, and the place that I'm at. So, you know, and that's why I'm telling the people, uh, defense minister, I'm not knocking the religions. I knock the religions when you use them as an escape from reality. When our people, yeah, you see what I'm saying, defense minister? When our people begin to embrace those religions to escape the reality of who, what, and where they are, and until you truly face those things, you won't bring about a change. I think that they say that in AA. Don't they say you have to acknowledge that you have a problem or something, something like that? Until we acknowledge who, what, and where we are, we will not have the ability, nor will we have the desire to change our situation. Brother, I'm over the mic to you. Did you want to say something before I go back to the phone lines? Uh, I just want to input. Uh, I had a session with one of my brothers about grafting. And, you know, he understood exactly where I was coming from because, like, we can always go back to scriptures and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. it was saying that, you know, we we are not the tree, but we are the branches. And we do kind of branch off and forget. And, you know, it was just weird how he understood what I said when I said grab mm-hmm. your mouth. They're like, well, we need to get back to work. I was like, hey, man, yeah. hey, man, brother. Hey, man. Hey, man, that's right, brother. That's right. That's what we that's what we have to do. You know, I think like I said, you know, when we know who we are, we know who we are and we know our situation, then we can see God in our life. You see what I'm saying? When you're trying to be something you're not, when you're trying to obtain things that don't fit your nature, or when you try to obtain uh 
or do things that are not conducive to you as a person and they don't work out, you want to blame God. God, why mm. I can't fly? Because God ain't gave you wings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't be the bird, the bird flies. But when you know who and what you are, then you know the power that the creator, for those of us that believe in a creator, then we know the power that the creator endowed us with. Even if you don't believe in the creator, if you're an evolutionist, when you know who and what you are, then you know why and where you are, then you know why you're evolving in the manner you're evolving. But until we get, in fact, they told me, I was talking to someone, and they say that's in the sign of intelligence. That's what intelligent means. Intelligence, intelligence is when a person knows who they are and who they are into relation to their surroundings and how their surroundings affect them. That's intelligence. To know who you are and who you are into relation in relation to your surroundings and how those surroundings, the environment, the materials, all of those things affect you. That's intelligence. Then you can begin to make intelligent decisions based on that. See, as long as you think that you're something you're not, you can be sold anything. See, if you think you're an astronaut, I'm going to say you're a rocket shuttle. No, you don't know how to fly no, no airplane, no, no rocket. But since you think you're an astronaut, I'm going to sell you that. If you think you're an Eskimo, I'm going to sell you an igloo. And this is how the people capitalize on us. Not to knock Islam, which I am a Muslim for... <laughs> I guess, you, you know, I'm an African Islamic spiritualist, let me say that. But not knocking Islam, but like I said, for those brothers and sisters who don't know who they are in relation to being African here in America, black here in America, and embrace other things, not only is it psychologically damning, damaging, not only is it socially damaging, where it's hard for us to maintain family ties with outside family and wife and children because we've tried to psychologically assimilate to something that we don't get, but it's also economically damaging. Why? Because just using, for one, the, the Muslims, now you got to eat halal meat. When's the last time you seen a brother own a halal butcher shop? Now you got to dress a certain way. So you go into the Arab to get your thawb, to get your khamis, to get your kifaya, to get your kufiya. Now you got to read certain books. So now you got to go to the Arab to get the Sheikh bin Baz, the Sheikh Uthami, the Sheikh Ibn Abbas, the Sheikh uh, um, um, Jalani, and so on and so forth. So even your economics is gearing to empower other people because you have, you and I, when I say you, I'm not talking about you, Brother Minister, I'm saying you in general, meaning all of us as African people, because we have denied who we are in our place and our understanding as being Americans or here in America and what that means that even our money doesn't benefit us because we haven't accepted it. So our money doesn't benefit us. And when you don't accept it, the first thing that comes out of somebody's mouth, I don't want to hear that black shit. Man, I'm going to ball to our farm and get these rims. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blowing money and throwing money away. Why? Because they don't know who they are in relation to the American dynamic and what that means for them and why they're going through particular things and we're going through the things we're going through and we still practice escapism. All that escapism, like I tell them, you're doing all that escapism, you one step short from a crack pipe. Mm -hmm. It's the only reason people smoke dope. Just because they ain't read the book, you you doing it through the book. You get the brothers and sisters, get the book, and they escape through the books. Well, you got the brother that ain't reading no book. He'd rather take his 5 or $10 and go buy some dope and escape. 
Escapism. Escapism is escapism. Whether you're smoking dope, smoking herb, drinking liquor, whatever you're doing, you're trying to escape stress. You're trying to escape a reality, and it's a weakness. And my mouth is closer to my ears. And it's a weakness. Because we haven't accepted who we are in relation to where we are. And when we begin to look into it, it is so traumatic that sometimes it makes us want to escape. But that's where the fight comes in, brothers and sisters. That's where the fight comes in to change the condition by facing this reality. And we're hoping that once this reality is made plain to the mass of the brothers and sisters, once it's made plain to the people that the people, and they see who they are and, and in relation to where they are, they will begin to see the contradictions in the so-called uh, American, the ideal of America, and begin to want to change that because whether they like it or not, they participate. Whether you call yourself American or not, you participate. Why? When you go buy that candy bar and it's a dollar twenty-five, that tax goes to uh, the American government, it goes to their military, it goes to the uh, judicial system, whatever, to keep this country going. So why would you be, have so much apathy? Why would you say, I don't have nothing to do with that? I ain't American. I don't get involved with politics. I don't, and nigga pay rent the first of the month, pay light bill, gas bill, pay taxes, send your children to school. You got a driver's license. You got to do this. You got to do that. But you ain't American, and you don't get involved in politics. Negro, what? Let me go to my phone line. Area code 216-5363. Your mic is open. Black Power. Black Power, brother Chairman. What's going on, Abu? Oh, man. Uh, listen, man. It's a, it's a very good program. And uh, and you dropped it in. I want to add uh, some more to the, to the kitchen, you know, because you stirring mm. it up. You're cooking it, and uh, you're making it real. Now I'm from an organization called o- OAAU, Organization of Afro-American Unity before it became Afro-American Unity because we was in the Afro scene. Mm-hmm. And you say organization Afro-American Unity simply meaning that his travel around the country that he understood that the Cuban called themselves Afro-Cubans. Mm-hmm. Called themselves Afro-Brazilians. Wherever it went, wherever we were dropped off, colonized, and put on slave ship and sent we still recognize our continent, but we recognize the place that we are and to bring about a revolution of changes in no places. This is mm-hmm. why when our brother and sister went underground, they was able to go to Cuba. Why? Because they recognized our struggle here. Uh, we was able to go to China. Why? They recognized our struggle here. We was able to go to places where uh, we as African people have established ourselves. The other thing is that uh, I definitely want to uh, address that when we deal with religion, we have to be uh, very careful because, if, as I said before, before there was politics, there was religion. And religion mm-hmm. still played a very important part. I just had a situation, I just talked to my landlord and said, uh, somebody want to move upstairs over me, and he said, well, uh, you can do that, but I want you to know there's a Muslim downstairs, and he this and that. Now, I don't move in men apartment. They never say there's a Christian downstairs. Mm-hmm. So, subconsciously, they threaten 
that there's somebody down there different from you. Wow, yeah. Got a different yeah. belief from you. So that's sub-platinum, that's subconscious. That's mm-hmm. why, brothers and sisters, we are in America, we build this. We look at the word America, a mirror, and boy, man, you gave some hard teaching tonight, so I can't say too much because your teaching is dealing with the Moors, uh, how they went up in Spain, how they came, and how they deal with this, and we just got through dealing with yesterday, Chris Columbus, and all mm-hmm. of that, and, you know, so it's clear if we're going to live here, then that's me, we got to participate. That's right. That's me, if, if we're going to vote, let's vote. We're going to take control of our city council, take control of city council. we got to do what we mm-hmm. got to do. we got to organize. If we're going to live here, then we build here. I'm saying if you're wrong, you build. And yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. and that's what America is afraid of. America do not want us to say, hey, we're independent. We got the voting power. And we got the cash money. I'll tell you, man, we got number cash money. The Arabs get so much money, man, they got a store next to each other, man. It's like a mall now. Uh, uh, yeah. And they all the saw across the street. Sabir uh, 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 is next door. Uh, Rockmont is over on the other side of the street. You walk down yeah. there. Yeah. So somebody yeah. got some money. Oh yeah, they got some. Oh man, it's it's like you said, Abu. It's some money. It's some it's some money here, you know. But you said a key thing too, man. That that's what they want. They have been trying to get the African here in America to feel like that he wasn't American since the that's time right. that he was brought over here. They that's went right. so far to stop. Look at what they did. They killed some white boy, the Freedom Riders. Hell, they killed some white boys to stop black folks from voting. They do not uh, want. You as an African, you and I, African people here in America, to participate in their own self-determination. Man, they yeah. don't, they, go ahead, share with us, brother, please. Do you know where the term the Quakers came from? Yeah, but, share, but break that down. You know I know because me and you build all the time, but share that for the audience. When the underground movement came, there mm-hmm. were some uh, anti-slave fighters, uh, 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 I mean, some deep Caucasian, man, that was out there fighting. The Shakers would participate and hide us. And so when the slave hunters would come to their house, we were in the basement and hide everything, they would be shaking. <laughs> right on. Be, be quaking <laughs> in their boots. You know, <laughs> quaking in their boots. They'd be shaking. You know. yeah. and, and how do I know that? Because I participate with a demonstration with my students. Years ago, yeah. and going and assimilating the underground, and how we went through the underground, and that underground was so real that I assimilated. It scared me. Mm-hmm. When I was in the basement and knocking on the door, sound like the police doing today. Everything mm-hmm. that was assimilated during the underground railroad was almost similarized today as we run and hiding now from the police. Okay. We shaking, man. Yeah, yeah, we shaking, man. And so what we yeah. do is we try to divorce ourselves from it. You know, yeah. it's the easy thing, man. You know, they they scare us so much, and that's what gets me. We don't see the ploy. Don't that's we right. see 
that they don't want us to participate in our own self-determination, that they want us to feel excluded, that they want us not to be, you know, to feel uh, out, not to feel like we're uh, citizens or that we have any entitlement. That's right. You know That's what I'm saying? Right. They don't want us to feel entitled to to the rights that even in, we talk about America, you know, I'm talking about the three phases of America, and one of them is talking about the government aspect of the United States of America. And, you know, in thinking about that and looking that up, I said, okay, well, you know, government aspect, what does that mean? What are these things that make up a government? And one of the things that makes up this government are documents. And they have three main documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. They don't want, this is, so this is why they don't want, they don't want us to be self-determinants and say, okay, you know what? Y'all saying we're married. You brought us up. We didn't have a choice in the matter. I'm done with that fight. That fight is over. We're here now. So now if you're saying I'm here and I'm subject, subjugated to the laws and the penalties of breaking the laws and I'm um, forced to pay taxes, then it would only behoove me to participate in my own self-determination. Hell, this is what the white boy went to fighting for. Didn't he tell the Brit? Didn't he tell British no taxation without representation? Yeah, that's what they screamed. No taxation. But yet and still, we will go for taxation without representation. And then have Negroes tell us we crazy for want representation. We'll pay taxes, and then when I go vote in my local politics, tell me, man, you in that voting stuff? I ain't with that voting stuff, nigga. I pay taxes. Somebody need to represent me. Hell, the white boys threw tea in the the, the harbor for this. Yeah, and so you think I'm gonna pay? You know what I'm saying? You think I'm gonna pay taxes and not have anybody so-called represent me? Now, don't get me wrong, listening audience. You hear me and Chairman Kahan, we back and forth with it. We're not saying we're reformist. We're not reformist. Oh, man, we don't believe that. right. We don't believe that the solution, the complete and total solution is in the politics of this country, that we can reform a righteous politics. But as a revolutionary, a revolutionary is a realist. And the revolutionary understands that revolution is a process. You Negroes are not going to run out here with bandoliers across your chest and shotguns. Thank you running up and down the street. If whoever has romanticized the revolution for you to that degree, they need a booty whipped. That is a disservice. It's going to take your participation, your efforts, and your understanding and involvement and study of politics. How are you screaming that you want a nation of your own and don't understand politics? Why well, I told you that the only thing that leads to is neo-colonialism, because you will begin to do, because for all of your not being American, for all of your not being American, set you niggas on an island by yourself and see if you don't run it the same way that you've been, been ran. Let me just for all your not being American. Talk to us. Okay. What is that? Uh, when we look at uh, uh, Ho Chi Minh, we look at Chairman Mao we look at uh, many of uh, the fighters, uh, the leaders in North Korea, we look at many of them. They got their leadership and understanding of struggle for Marcus Messiah Gaza. That's right. You know, and see, brothers and sisters, because we don't do the research. And we don't look at that. Malcolm and many leaders said, we've taken the United States to the U.N., African-American citizens. We are being denied our rights. 
we are being imprisoned. We mm-hmm. are being committed genocide against us. So that's violating our uh, human rights. See, yeah. brothers and sisters got to understand that when uh, brothers say uh, we are Americans, see, those agents that are listening on the phone and those opportunities that are listening, they're going to take that and say, man, you should hear what they said. Is that? No, do your research. Do your research. That's all we said. Yeah. Uh, you but you know, yeah. No, I'm sorry. If I was hoping that some of the, I mean, I made a blast because I was hoping some of those people would call in. You know, don't get behind, you know, for you people on the line with the one one ones and don't want to put your number up. I'm not knocking that. That's cool. I appreciate everybody listening. But don't get behind. Here's your opportunity. We're not arguing. We're exchanging, you know, information. We're having a healthy dialogue. So here's your opportunity. You know, and that's why we're clarifying the point when we say American and what that means. That's why it says, you know, um, is the black African born in American American? What does that mean to be black American? What does yeah. that mean? And, and, and we're just being realistic because, like I said, as I thought about and contemplated, because I would be the first one to jump up and almost be ready to swing if you call me an American. You're American. Oh, man, I ain't American. I'm African. I would go through changes. I would be angry. But as I begin to think about it, I said, okay, what does that mean? And if I'm not, what am I? And why do, you know, why the, am I getting these feelings when, it, you know, me being associated with American? I had to go all the way back to a psychological trauma, the whole thing. And I said, you know what? It just boils down to we are trying to escape a bad experience in human history. Unfortunately, though, here's the unfortunate truth. We are the products of that bad experience in human history. So you can't escape it. The African from the, our continental brother and sister, our, our, our brother and sister from Africa can close a blind eye to it. Our Jamaican brother and sister, Haitian brother, all around the world can close a blind eye to it because it's just a page in history to them. It's like reading about the Haitian Revolution with Toussaint Overture. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We, there's not many of us that can tell all of Bukman, Veseline. I, 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 there's not many of us that can name six people that participated in the Haitian Revolution. But now if you go to Hades, that's a very real part of their history. So they can run right. it back and forth. It's the same thing with the slave trade, with the mafia. They, you know, it's a footnote in history to them because it didn't happen to them. To us, it is an experience. It is what makes up uh, our thinking, our, our norms, our diet. You know, our diet was changed behind slavery, the enslavement of free African people. Our diet was changed. Therefore, not only changing our diet, our cultural acceptance of certain foods changed. So it affected centuries of people, generations of people changed and were morphed into this thing called the black hair in America. And until we braced that, embraced that, like, yo, some bad shit happened. You know, it was bad, but it happened, and we're here, and we must address it and address it accurately. Therefore, and that's the only way to come up with solution. There again, to repeat again, and I'm going to let you go, Chairman, because I know you want to say something. To repeat again, point number seven. Of the 10-point platform and program of the People's Black Panther Party of Self-Determination, we want an history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society. Is that seven or five? I need one of my Panthers, defense minister. Let me, let me open my defense minister. Let me give him a task. Let me open up defense minister Jarvis. I'm going to put him on the spot. Defense minister Jarvis. 
Yes. Man, I need you to find out if that's point number five or number seven. We want a history that treats the true nature of this decadent society and the black man and woman role in this thing. I want to say number seven, but five keeps popping in my mind. Find that out, and I'm going to leave your mic open until you get that back to me. But to say that, the, we, you know, so I'm saying that to say that until we know our role and our nature and what they intended for us, we will not come up with realistic and practical solutions to begin to change that. Like you said, Brother Malcolm came up with the African, the organization of African-American unity. He understood that these Africans here needed a unity because he, he was over there with, uh, what was it, uh, Dr. Krumah and uh, uh, um, Torah and everybody when they was coming up with the organization of African unity. He could have just said, right. you know what, let's have an extension of the organization of African unity. But he said the organization of African-American unity, understanding that this African here in America was a unique creature that must go through a process before really being able to understand and reconnect with his continental brother and sister and making their struggle part of the international struggle for human rights, empowerment, liberation for all humanity, but for specifically people of African descent. Uh, And he also recognized that when he came here that because we were so much fighting mm-hmm. for civil rights. We had so many different organizations. And his seeing what happened in Africa, the unification of all the organizations fighting for civil rights and human rights in America, he said, let's bring that into the organization of Afro-American unity. And yes. let's take it to the United Nations that recognize us as a nation of people in America. Yeah. Now, the Italians don't have that problem. <laughs> right don't have that problem. Right. And we've been here way before any of them arrived. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. struggling. Why? Because, like you said, we don't take the advantage of the vote, but we complain. Trunk is in. Yeah, you sit on your trunk ass at home. That's you right. Know? You know, yeah. uh, 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 man, we got crime in the community. Yeah, because you're not getting out, kicking City Hall in the ass and putting who in there that is a rebel from that country. See, yep. we we protest against the politics, but we're not in there to overturn it. Exactly, exactly. We protest against the politics and the outcome of politics, but like you said, we don't want to do anything to affect the change in the policies. Right. You know, that's right. absolutely. Man, we, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, man, we sit back and, like you said, we just slogan, uh, the gun, the gun. Man, you got to get your bullets for them. You got to go to the sports good or well. They take your picture. They doing this. What more exactly. you got to do with, but come in the black community and shoot each other? Because you Negroes that, ain't going to come with this conversation. Let's keep it real. What is the man, happen is, like you said, organization that look at economics, the politics and the social education of our program in terms of Absolutely. our people. Absolutely. Does that mean I got to vote? Call me a counter-revolutionary. Does that mean I got to go down to the church and stand up in the pulpit and speak? Call me uh, a job Muslim. If I got to go yeah. down to city council and overturn some things, call me a counter-revolutionary. Well, you sitting home reminiscing and ejaculating masturbating on history that you're not going to produce no power with. Absolutely. 
Let me go to this, man. My chief just, man, my, 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 my chief of staff, national chief of staff, Johnny on the spot. Just Defense Minister Jarvis out of uh, Texas. You off the hook, man. National chief of staff just hit me with the thing. Point number five. Point number five. Y'all excuse me for saying seven. Point number five yeah, of the 10-point uh, platform and program of the uh, Black Panther Party Self-Defense, People's Black Panther Party Self-Determination. We want an education that teaches the true history of this decadent society. And I'm going off the top of my head so it's not verbatim. And the role of the black woman and uh, black men and black women in this society. And number number three, point number three puts out, since we're discussing it, of the 10-point platform program, People's Black Panther Party Self-Determination, is we want to end of uh, – uh, the black community robbery of the black community by this cap by these capitalists. You dig? So this is this is where we come from. But to go back into so again, that's point number five. We want an education that teaches the true nature of this decadent society. And point number three, we want to end the robbery of the black community by the capitalists. You know what I'm saying? So, but to go back to uh, to touch on like what you were saying, Chairman Carr. Um, when yeah. the people want to don't want to address the politics and want to address the symptoms and the outcome of policies from people who implement politics, I can't stress enough how that is a part of the design. And what gets me is how we actually bite into it. You know, for us to be so adamant about combating oppression and exploitation and in a lot of formation you hear this goddamn white man, for us to be so adamant about fighting that, how we just walked, I mean, just like sheep to slaughter into the fact that they don't want us to participate in our own self-determination, and one of the ways they don't want us to do that is by us not affiliating or identifying with the land that we're birthed in, with the land that we're birthed in. And we will we will blindly contribute to the maintenance and the upkeep, the perseverance and the, the defense of this nation and feel like that it is counterproductive and counterrevolutionary to participate in the politics of the nation. How are you a revolutionary and you're not trying to fi- affect a political change? Isn't that what it's all about? Aren't we, especially you... Especially, right, let me say this real quick, uh, Chairman Carr, especially you brothers and sisters in Panther formations. I know us at the People's Black Panther Party, we're a political defense organization. So addressing the politics that affects our people is what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Everything else, uh, we're trying to address the symptoms of bad politics. But our programs, the rhetoric that we're espousing, and when I say rhetoric, not empty rhetoric, but the speech that we're espousing is all about changing the mindset, the behavior, so that we can begin to change the conditions of our people. But in order to do that, you must address the politics. Man, my man, how many of you Tupac fans out there? Didn't Tupac say the powers in the politics we address? You'll quote him. Oh, oh, that's right. You'll quote him when he's talking about sleeping with sisters or killing the Negro doing drive-bys. But when he says the powers in the politics, the powers in the people and the politics they address, you know, everybody misses when Tupac said that. The powers in the people and the politics the people address. The people not addressing any politics is what they call a gang. Well, uh, Go ahead, Chairman Carl. You want to address something? Yeah, and it's very important. It's very important. We did try to address that a couple of times. Dealing with an independent black political party. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times we went to Bill. I was part of 
what are the formation building the independent black political party? Why? Mm-hmm. Your military wing cannot move without a political party. That's right. That's right. Uh, the Vietnamese, when they did what they did, when they achieved what they did, they already had a government set up. When the Chinese did what they did, they already had a government set up. Mm. Where's our political party? So America say that we have the right to have a political party. Now you got the Me Too movement and uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and anything matter and everything happen matter, and they can build a political party around they Democrat and Republican party. Where are we building an independent black political party in terms of black nationalism and pan Africanism? See, mm-hmm. so and and the arena is open. But when we deal with our black political party, the bourgeoisie, underground, undercover, uh, 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 Democrat slipped in to bring about the destruction of India because they didn't want no black political party because the majority of brothers and sisters in the America that is not voting are you and I. Yeah. And if if we understand the power of politics, we will have a third party that will be so powerful that those blacks in the Democratic Party, those blacks in the Republican Party will say we finally got something that represents us if they are real. But I'm saying that politics detects well, everything. Exactly. It and everything. Exactly. And I want to jump in there because that's that's absolutely right. You got a uh, number seven point seven one national liberation into police brutality. Wait a minute, Whoa, you threw me on that. Wait a minute. Oh, number seven is we want to end the police brutality. Okay, but uh, let me let me um, like you were talking about the political parties, and 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 absolutely right. There's five main there's five main political parties in America. There's five main political parties: Republican Party, Democratic Party, Libertarian Party. Green Party, and they got a party out there now called, I was just looking up, called the Constitution Party. So there's five main parties, because I thought America for a long time was a two-party state. And I find out there's a lot of little little parties here. What ends up happening, though, and we go back, and this is why we talk about, is the black African born in America American? Because what ends up happening here, not having point number five again, not having a true history of this decadent society and our role and our place in this decadent society lends still, you know, it feeds that um, we still feed that escape mentality. So we still believe in integration and even that assimilating will save us from the plight of being black, not under, but see, when you know the history of this decadent society, then you understand that as America is an idea. America is an idea of certain people. And like I said before, what founds ideas? What principles are ideas founded on? Classism, sexism, racism, colonialism, and supremacy. That's interwoven in the fabric of America. White male supremacy is interwoven in the fabric of America, giving rise to sexism, giving rise to racism giving rise to colonization. It all falls under the heading of white male supremacy. So until you really understand the history of this decadent society, you will begin to believe that you have a place in, the, in, in this society under uh, 
the way that it is currently being ran. You believe that if you get in there and reform a few laws, if you make some amendments, listen, brothers and sisters, what I'm telling you, there are you want to get in and make a few amendments that have to be voted on every so many years to make sure that they still don't put your black ass in slavery, to make sure that you still have the right to vote. They have to vote to see if you have the right to vote. But see, when you're saying that I am American, I ain't going for no damn amendments, I'm not going for no three-fifths, I'm not going for no you voting to see if I have the right to vote, I have that right, if you're going to have a government. If you're not going to, if you're going to have a government, what did the, uh, Huey say? And what does the bill, I think it's the Bill of Rights. Yeah, the Bill of Rights says that if a nation, if a government is incapable or unwilling to do, and I'm paraphrasing, do for the masses of people, protect the masses of people, it is up to the citizenry. It is up to the masses of people to begin to do for themselves to make sure that government is checked. To make sure that government isn't tyrannical. Don't think them white boys ain't doing it. What do you see? Negroes need to get out of this small black versus white. You think the militias in the woods just training for your black ass? They constitutionalist. I've heard them white militias when I'm you know studying them and watching them. They say they'll get my guns over my cold dead body. They are they are also fighting for their so-called constitutional rights. They believe they have the rights to bear arms. They say that's what the Constitution say. But you and I will allow ourselves to be excluded. Or we will take that one little constitutional right and think we're doing something because we're marching down the street with a damn gun. I'm exercising my Second Amendment right. See, we'll scream because you won't be American any other time. But when that, when that white boy rolled up on you and asked why you got the gun, you're exercising your constitutional right. All I'm saying is take that. And keep exercising all your constitutional rights. Life, liberty, the Bill of Rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That it is, what did, uh, uh, what's his name, Adams? No, it was it Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, who said that it is, that the Creator has endowed all men and made all men equal, and that they have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He said all men. This is what your America say. I didn't uphold this. I didn't write it. I don't teach it in the schools. But God damn it, if you're going to teach it, if you're going to uphold it, if you're going to hold me by its laws and imprison me, should I break these laws, tax me according to the, uh, its guidelines and things like that, then I want proper representation. I want my rights. And I'm not going to cower and shake and hide. I want every and each one of those rights. And I'm entitled to them. And it doesn't make me any less of an African. It doesn't make me a bad black man because I'm saying I'm American and I want those rights for my people. Now, am I saying that that's, like I said, the sum and be all of it? No, because I'm not a capitalist. I don't believe that capitalism is beneficial for any people and particularly for African people. We don't understand that concept. You see what it has gotten us now. Look at the trouble we're in now thinking that one person should obtain all the wealth at the expense of other people. It's why you got dope dealers and all these other people in the hood just taking, 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 and depleting and killing and, and, and uh, ravishing black neighborhoods, gangbangers, and people that are all out for themselves. Capitalism is very selfish. Capitalism is profit over people, profit over people. You want to see a sign of capitalism in effect? Go through a black neighborhood. 
Go through any black neighborhood and look at all the abandoned buildings and then go downtown and look at all the homeless damn people. How? What? How does that exist? How do you have abandoned buildings, blights in the black community, places, drug dens, places of sick, immoral infestations? Only God knows what goes on in these places, these places that should either be occupied or tore down, preferably occupied. But you go to these places and there's no occupants, and then go downtown and there's homeless families. That's capitalism. They couldn't pay a banknote. They don't deserve shelter. Jesus. That's capitalism. The black man and the black woman wasn't designed for that. But until you know your design and what's good for you as a person, but the only way that you know what's good for you as a person is to be realistic about the place that you're at and who you are and the relation between the two. See, when you know who you are and where you're at, you say, okay, I'm black, I was born in America, I guess that makes me America, but America, the current America, the government of America has a design and a plan for me that I can't allow to continue, and I can't escape. Some of us are not repatrionists. I'm not a repatrionist. I'm a separatist. I believe in separate. I don't want to go back to Africa and live. I want to go visit. I don't want to go back and live. I'm not a repatrionist. I please, I hope. Some of my listeners are not upset with me about that. But that's not what I want to do. But since I'm here and I understand the dynamic of being here, then I must fight to begin to change these conditions. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying because I say that I'm America, I'm on this landmass called North America, or that I am influenced by America's social and cultural expressions, or that I'm subject to the government of America, that I constantly, that I agree with everything that America does nationally or internationally. That's not what I'm saying. This is what we as African people have to begin to know and, and learn how to distinguish the difference between the two. We think because somebody say they're American that they condone the practices of America. It's not that. We just ain't being escapists. We're being realistic. I'm not trying to escape through being an Arab national, being an Arab or being a Hebrew or being someone from ancient Kemet, I think nowadays called Egypt, or any of these other things. I realize that those things are only things that will enhance or can enhance, has the potential to enhance and enlighten and elevate me as an African here in America. It still remains the goddamn same. Whether I call myself John John, Boo Boo, Ahmed, Umtutu, whatever the hell, Hotepi Tep, I don't care. It still is in a condition to say Morris Brother, Brother L, Brother Bay, all of that. The plight of you as being black in America, even if you don't call yourself black, if the oppressor can identify you and put you in a certain category because of your physical features, then you're going to be subjugated to a particular type of treatment because that's interwoven into the fabric of this nation. And until you accept that that's interwoven into the fabric of this nation and that's how you looked at, you will never change it. You will think because you change your name, get some contacts, get some weave or dye your hair or shave your head or wear a certain type of dress that you can escape being a nick, looked at as being a nigger. That's what you believe and it's foolishness. Why, you're only deceiving yourself. They don't care. You can get out there dressed like King Tut, be able to read every hieroglyphic on the wall, and the police will blow your black ass away. you just be a dead nigga in an Egyptian uniform. Let's go to our phone lines real quick, man. Y'all get me started. Y'all going to get me in trouble. Area code 404. Nephew, 
Like Power, hey, man. It's been a man. minute since you've been doing, on, Chad. Man, what's good, man? I'm good, man. Good, good, man. I'm happy I could make it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, we got to have you back. Every Tuesday, I'm here at 8 to 10. I'm with it. Right on, right on. You know, you know what? Uh, this is what I let me let me let me brag on you for because I have supporters and people that listen regularly behind enemy lines and participate harder than some of you Negroes. That's free. Shame, shame, shame. Go ahead, Chairman. Talk to me though. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, behind the wall, you know what I mean. Uh, the support, it, it really be like, like you know, brother Robert, man. It, it might be. You, we might miss a Tuesday, and you know, he might be like, man, I need, I need some that blog talk. I ain't lying. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it's like a recharge of the battery because it ain't that you will forget that you black. It's just that it's just so much integration going on that everybody wants to be the same, and we are all clearly different. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, one thing I That's wanted right to – I wanted to touch on is a is a big P man, and it's called probation. And they want Uh-oh. every black man in America on probation. Yeah, because and, 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 and there's a lot of us on some type of paper, parole, probation, oh, yeah. or something. You better believe that. When you child support, papers, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you can't tell these people. No, you can't search my car. You can't search nope. my house. You can't tell yeah. them that because. You still over debt. None of the amendments apply to you at this point. Rip the bill of rights yeah. up and burn it up because it's not for you yeah. at this point yeah. because you are an yeah. enemy of the state. You're an enemy of the country. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And they letting you they letting you move around. You know what I'm saying? So you don't you don't have those rights. Mm-hmm. And anymore. that's not you know the chairman chairman James. That, let me say this real quick. I'm gonna go back to because that's 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 the point. I'm glad you brought that up. I am so glad you said because that's the point I'm trying to make. They already don't want us to participate in our self determination. They already don't want us to call ourselves American and claim our rights. Rights. So what they do is they say, okay, you know, and niggas don't want to do it anyway. Let's slam them and take their rights. See, so now when you wake up, you still can't own a gun. You still can't damn vote. You still can't technically can't be around other felons. So you can go to the black community, lock everybody damn up for that because everybody hang with a felon. You can't be around felons. Now you can't get an apartment. You can't get food stamps. You can't. They're trying to take your rights before black people even knew or not even knew before they even cared enough to uh, enact, to be able to call upon their rights. The rights are damn mm-hmm. snatched from you. Our youth. 16 and 17, they snatched young men up, taking their rights before they even knew the power of their rights. Now they can't vote, own arms, join the service, get type, certain type of benefits. We talk, and, and those a, of us who call and, ourselves responsible tell revolutionaries you, telling our people don't participate. God, I'm ashamed. Go ahead, brother. I'm going to tell you, brother, you got brothers in here in prison born 1999, 2000. They children. Yeah, who do you yeah. who do you want to raise them? You want the convicts to raise them. Yeah, you want you yeah. want the convicts to raise them, and, and you want and you want the behavior to continue. You know what I'm saying? And not just yeah. and because they just oh they got it all bad. It's nothing like you know for all the brothers and comrades who done done time back in the day. Oh oh it's oh it's very different. The food. They'll just take whatever. I snap in the in the chow hall 
all the time. On the warden. I love to see that peck of wood. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I ask them, what is this shit you feeding us down there? Do you even know? Do you even know what it is? If you do know what it is, why don't you cook it? Right, do he care? His Why job is to house your black ass. His job is to house yeah. you Negroes. You know, you know what I'm saying? This ain't a country. It's to house yeah. you Negroes. And when I know? get upset with him, I talk to him so bad. I say, you yeah. work for me. Pop that damn door. Get up. Come in here and count. Turn these lights yeah. off. Turn these lights off. You tripping. My people pay you. You tripping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, and I and I tell them, and, 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 and this is no lie, I tell them, I tell them. I say, you do realize if they call martial law, they're going to kill your ass. You're dead, too. You're too close to us. You're gone, too. Yeah. Because you got to put yeah. it in perspective because it's brothers and sisters who run in the prison. The white man ain't doing it because don't Absolutely. nobody keep a nigga down better than a nigga. And that's the thing that we got to realize because they wasn't able, they, they, they can't, they, they, they really cannot handle the intensity especially when you get to the point where brothers is waking up under these conditions every single yeah. day. The only person who can understand how to handle how to handle it is another Negro. But that's why but you know what, Chairman? That's why they but first of all, most and I can see what, you know, Kanye was saying, I disagree with him. I don't think we volunteered in slavery. But I understand what he's saying, like in the prisons where I don't I ain't even gonna say I understand what he's saying because I ain't gonna give him more credit than his due. He might not even be saying what I'm saying. Well, here's what I'm what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just like in prison, prison or just like in society, a lot of our enslavement is by or oppression is by compliance. See y'all outnumber any CEOs, any guard, but when they have you to comply, same way in society. There's money in the black community. There's ingenuity and know-how in the black community. There's ferocity and bravery and all the things that it takes to build a nation in the black community. The only thing, the one of the major things that we lack is a lack of identity and a lack of initiative to do for self. So when we comply with our oppressor, then half of the job, 50, 50% of the work is done. I'll be watching that um, sometimes that first 48. Mm-hmm. And I watch that stuff, man, because I, I get tickled. I watch it to get my laugh on. I said, no, well, let's watch these niggas tell on themselves again. Oh, they, oh, they, oh, they and, love it in here. Oh, they, oh, they love it. Oh, oh, some of them is on, is in here on TV. You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't even, but if I was in there, I damn sure wouldn't be watching niggas get locked up. But that's a whole other story. I don't even, but, I don't even but, watch TV. I watch but but here's, watch. here's what gets me is how they do the job for the police. They go in there trying to comply, but trying to give half truths and half this statement and a little bit of that to hold this back. You doing the job of the police, same way we do in society. They don't have to do anything but nudge or give a suggestion or do a little something. See, this is what we talk about America: social, cultural expressions and influences. Why is that important? Why is that? Do I say that's part of America? Because social, cultural expressions and influences determine your perception and conception, how you conceive and how you perceive and how you communicate, and that goes into the decision-making process and the socialization. If I communicate pain one way, happiness and joy another way, then that's how I socialize with one another. My culture it influences how I conceive and perceive things. So this is why I say America has this social, cultural influences and expressions. 
And part of that American culture for black people is the is apathy towards the political system or anything that has to do with self determination has to do with us working for ourselves and creating a system that works for us. Look, Jeremy, man, I'm running down the time. Let me run. I'm gonna keep your mic open though, and but let me get um, our minister of justice wants to have a few words. Let me open up for her and let her say. But I got your mic open though, Chairman Chairman Hockey. Minister. Uh, black, black, black power, gentlemen. How's everybody? Black power, justice. This is a really good conversation, and it needs to be had. Um, let me just uh, experience I had today. An Uber driver picked me up, and when he picked me up, he said um, he looked like he was either Italian or, or Arab. And I said, well, you know, where are you from? And he said, I'm African. It's from, I'm from Africa. I said, oh, really? Where? Mozambique. I said, and 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 the proud, he was so proud to say where he was from, and um, if I'm not mistaken, that's when Mugabe uh, started getting rid of them folks. But the fact of the matter is, he was really proud that he was from there. And I'm looking at his skin, and I'm saying to myself, I cannot believe that that this thing then switched all <laughs> switched all around to where now he looks like he he, he looked like a white man, and and from, and he's saying he's from Mozambique. That, that's just one point, but I, I go into um, a piggyback. I heard a lot of really good stuff, you know, uh, what the chairman was saying about um, being being in uh, being in, in behind these walls, behind enemy lines, and and the deal with that too is, you know, a lot of, a lot of these folks they think it's a, you know I don't know whether they think it's a game, but as as our national was saying, you know, like um, your, their perception and their conception you know, what they used to. And and, and a, in a matter of fact, you, you in a situation like that, you're a CO, and you don't know that uh, police officers are getting killed by their own people. You don't, you don't know that that's happening. You don't realize, I think it's called the King James Plan, brother, what, they, what, what you were talking about, the King James Plan, where when, when, when it goes down, they're taking all their guns. As a matter of fact, they had been doing it once before, um, and it wasn't that long ago. Um, I think it was when uh, I think it was when Martin Luther King got killed. But again, you know, um, you have a conversation with somebody and they start telling you immediately. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about the white man from Mozambique, and then I got a black man telling me he's indigenous to this land. Really? Well, uh, what do you have to back that up? <laughs> you know, you know. What, what, I mean, yeah. what, 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 what do you have to back that up? Oh, he started talking about the omeletics and this and that. What you got to back it up? I said, I got pictures mm-hmm. of my great-great-grandparents. I got pictures. I got, um, you know, I stories. You know, so what the, these individuals always um, want to spew all this madness, but they back it up with absolutely nothing. They start but talking you know about omeletics. Yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sir. No, I and the jump because I want to, you know, continue the conversation more. You know what? And that's what I say. I quite, I don't knock that to a degree if you're sincere. I think a lot of mm-hmm. these Negroes are what I call being escapists. You're, tra- mm-hmm. you're traumatized from the the whole maafa from the experience of slavery. Uh, you're ashamed yeah. or whatever. So now you want to be something. You know, you don't. You want to deny that whole traumatic experience in human history and our history. Particularly, and I think that that's a travesty. I also think that it's cowardly. And my whole thing yeah. is this: so 
even if that's true, what are you doing to better the game? Because we can't deny, if you can deny the slave trade, okay, you can't deny the condition of African people here in America, black people here in America. You can't deny what's happening to us. Why, if you're anywhere near social media, you know what I'm saying, then you can't deny it. It's blatant. They're, they're recording it. So what are you going to do about that? And I don't want to hear about no goddamn treaty. Oh, we made a treaty. <laughs> Man, you, how do you make a treaty with a criminal? How do you trust a criminal? Then how many of them have they broken? Thank you. You know, right? And 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 it's 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 incredible for me to sit there and listen to this individual when when he denied the myopa. I was really kind of through with with the whole conversation. Ain't no sense in me talking to you no more. You know, because um, the bottom line is either you're ashamed or you are trying to escape something. But what I really, what, but my operative thing was, um, where'd they steal your people from? You wasn't, they, you wasn't around when the homiletics were there, so I would certainly like to know where you were stolen from. Do you know? Uh, oh, they, man, oh, I, I, oh, <laughs> I talked to some of them say they was here. They say we was here. We was from South Brother, America. Go, we migrated Black up. Black Power. We, we, mig- we migrated up north. And the Asiatic called them the Asiatic Indians, or the Euro, Euro, Euronized Indians, with the light complexion ones, came down from the Bering Straits and came. So I mean, they got a whole little shit. They chartered the, the course and everything. And I, you know, we could go back and forth. Like I tell them, me, I believe in the Mayapa. I'm not gonna argue with where the boats at, bro. I'm not gonna sit in argue no semantics with you. You know, right now we can do that. I'll get my minister of culture, and y'all can do that. Right now, we're talk- I tell them, man, I'm talking about the condition of people who fit in the category, whether, whatever you call yourself, black, more, Muslim, whatever. When the conquering class, when the oppressive class, when the so-called class that thinks they're supreme put you in a category of Negroid, put you in a category of being black or whatever they're calling you, being a nigger, then you're going to be subject to the same treatment. And the reason that they can put you in that category is because that is part of the fabric of America. And that's what I'm telling them. That's why I say that it is advantageous for us to say, you know what, I'm American. Okay, fuck it, I'm American. How do I change my condition by knowing who I am and my relation to the place that I'm in? See, I can't change well, my condition if I think that my salvation lies in going reading some goddamn hieroglyphics. That's not going to change my condition. You know what I'm saying? It might enlighten me a little bit, but it ain't going to stop. No, it's not a bulletproof vest. It's not uh, 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 economic institutions. You know what I'm saying? It's not health institutions. So how am I – how does – I ask them, how does that benefit me as a social cultural creature, I understand how that might edify me spiritually, maybe even a little bit socially, because it may make me have some morals, you know, or some ethics, make me think twice about doing something. But on a whole, how does that benefit for the advancement, empowerment, and liberation? Not just making me a good person, but how does that advance me as a people? Because what every other people have understood about coming over here in the American dream and the American concept, they have known who they are. And mm-hmm. how it affects them in being in America. When the Korean comes over, he knows he's a Korean, and he knows he's in America, and he knows. So, therefore, they know what gets the money. Niggas buy this. Let's get a shop here. Don't stay, stay away from these white folks because they don't like. They know who they are and how that works into relation in the place they are. We don't even want disillusioned. Like, we don't well, want to know that we've been here longer than anybody. Well, I'd like to be able to touch on the point, Brother National, uh, 
of um, um, elections and voting and whatnot uh, to say that we don't have – there actually are only two major um, groups that people, folks are corralled into. And um, I'll have people say things like, oh, oh, we won. Our people won. But then when I start asking them certain things about the individual that won, they don't know nothing about it. You know, mm-hmm. also, uh, mm-hmm. if, 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 you, if you go to start getting a petition where, wherein you want to put, your, put yourself or a, a make another party, then you put yourself out there. You got a big old target on your back because that's about what these folks want. And next thing you know, they start hitting from from all sides, they start hitting you from all sides with everything they can to make sure that you don't get that off. And and I, I would assume you're challenging the status quo. You're, you're challenging the status quo. They can't have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because the Green Party managed to get on, but guess what? The majority of them are white folks, and they be running black folks. Uh, they they yeah. they'll run black folks. And and um when it's all said and done, and you kick that door in, trailblaze it. The only you look around, and the only one that's going to be standing there are the or are some white folks talking about um what can we do to help you, because the black folks done deserted you, you know they deserted you at the first sign of trouble, and I said well you know my goodness you know I kicked the door in and and we in, and now 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 they coming after us, and y'all gone, so Man, you know like. I'm going to tell you something, Minister. I don't even think it's a matter of kicking the door in no more. I don't think as black people we have to kick the door in no more. They'll let you in because they know you don't have the support. Come on in if you want to. That's what they say. Bring your ass on in if you want to. Get it whooped. I know you don't have this. I don't have to bar, you know. At one point in time when you guys were clamoring for independence or when we had you segregated and we seen you building up your communities and, and empowering yourselves and you went and you started calling for integration which is which is not really what what we were calling for see that's a whole right. other what, what you call mm-hmm. when people change history it's called revising history they're revisionists what we were mm-hmm. saying as black people was this if i spend my dollar i'm not coming through no back damn door mm-hmm. i want to so we were saying no taxation without representation like mm-hmm. you white boys were saying we're saying that's right. if i spend my money i want equal treatment it ain't about integrating with you. It ain't about assimilating with you. It's saying I'm not finna go to the back door and pay the same damn prices for these shoes that that white boy paid, and sometimes even more than the white boy paid and get treated like this. I am yeah, a man. Right. They signed said, I am a man. But what they did, they realized, they said, damn, you know, would provide them with the supplies to build up their end up their segregated communities. If we allow them the same resources and materials that we have in the same treatment, so somebody said, you know what? Why not just include the niggers? And in including the niggers, they will lose a sense of identity because they will no longer depend on one another to make it. They will begin to look. They already hold us. They got a picture of us as a white god. We already make them say yes or no. So, so when we include them, they will begin to equate that as success. I made it. I no longer live in the nigger side. We hear black people say, man, I live in an all-white neighborhood, and I'm the only nigger in four miles. Black people pride on that. I've heard it. Mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, ain't a yeah, nigga yeah. around me. You'd be like, yeah. nigga, you the nigga around you, nigga. What are you talking about? They yeah, you know, they, they, they took and, the signs down. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, we know what water fountains not to yeah, use. Well, That's how they look at it. 
That's how they look at it. You took the signs down, but you know you ain't supposed to be over here. Exactly. You know, and and, in most cases, what we do by not knowing, again, we want a a history that treats the true nature of decadent society. By not knowing who we are in relation to the place we're at, we begin to do the work for them. We move in a white neighborhood. Like you said, we know we ain't supposed to be over there. They'll tolerate us. Everybody got their little token, their little porch monkey, something to entertain, something white people like to appease their conscience. Well, I'm not all bad. My neighbor's black. I just borrowed some sugar from the nigger the other day, so I'm not all bad. But you let <laughs> another black family move in that community. You know what would surprise you? What would surprise you is if another black family moves in that community, it'll be the nigger that say, there go the neighborhood. It'll be the black oh, person. Lord. There goes the goddamn yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be upset that another black family moved down. Now my property damn value finna go down. He'll be talking like because he is he is assimilated, not knowing the place, not knowing what's and when you don't know your place, when you don't know what's interwoven in the fiber of America, you end up like Bill freaking Cosby. Just by the way, you end up like Bill Cosby. You go to thinking you really got what you don't have, Bill. You really go to thinking like that. So it's important for us to know that. So I say that in my conclusion. I'm saying, yeah, I say that I'm American. Yeah, I'm from the American landmass. I'm subject to the laws and penalties, jurisdiction, and jurisprudence of the United States of America government. And I am greatly influenced by America's so-called social and cultural phenomena, expression, and dynamic. I like jazz, which is an American thing, even a little rock. I watch movies. That I'm, I used to be a Rambo fan. I like John Rambo. So I'm influenced by the, I, you know, the food, the diet. My diet is uniquely American. I eat food over here, and my body has adjusted to things over here that if you send me to another country, I was with a brother from Afghanistan, you know, because I was Muslim. Brother offered me some goat testicles. I said, nigga, in America, we don't eat goat nuts. No, brother, it's a delicacy, them nuts. We don't eat nuts where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? We don't eat nuts, brother. And and you know what he told me? He said, and I said, wow. He said, but you look at it like this, but your people eat pork. You eat the swine, the chanzir. You eat the swine. And I had to think about it from his perspective. Damn, he's looking at it like that. Nasty. I said, my people will mess some ham and bacon up, bro. But that's an American thing. You know what I'm saying? Not just an American thing, but we're talking about America now. So that's something that is unique to us. And so it's okay to embrace that. It's okay to embrace saying, you know what? I'm American. You know what? Slavery happened. You know what? I'm here from that. You know what? My thinking, my actions, my diet, the way that I socially interact, the way I treat my wife, all of that is influenced by American culture. I got to get a driver's license. I pay taxes. I'm up under the United States government. Like I said, I'm on the shores of North America. Therefore, I'm American. Once I accepted that, I say, now, what is my relation to this place since I'm a black American? What is America's relationship to the black American? And how do I change that to make it favorable, make the conditions favorable, and not just favorable, but empowering for me as an African person, not just me, but me and my people? So that's the question I leave on your mind. Listen. 
I appreciate everybody for joining me this Tuesday, for sharing this discussion with me, because I think it needed to be had. I want to thank my chief of staff, man. Appreciate it, uh, Chief War, on here for sending that information, the chapters out there, the chairmen from the chapter of uh, Austin, defense minister from Austin, and also our chairman behind the enemy lines, and the people that's listening. I appreciate you guys. Catch us next Tuesday. We're going to be doing the same dynamic thing at the same dynamic time. With that, I leave you as I greet you which is all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power. Wow. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm going body, this hood politics acknowledges. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee. I duck, could it be my time is up with my love? I got up, the cops shot again. Bust stop glass burst, a fiend dropped the Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rat. To the death of it, to everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown, hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die,
brothers knifing each other up in prison yards. Drama, where did it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster. Every night it was like a cop would be killed. Body found in the dumpster. For real, a hustler purchased my range. Niggas throwing dirt on my name. Jealous cause fiends got their work to complain. Bitches left me cause they thought it was finished. Should've knew she wasn't true. She came to me when a man caught a sinner. Diamonds are blinded. I never make the same mistakes. Moving with a change of pace. Light a load. See, now the king is straight. Swelling my melon cause none of these niggas real hurting. Telling police how can a kingpin squeal?